It is Palm Sunday. That means next Sunday's what? That's right. As my wife used to tell our girls when they were young, Easter Bunny, Easter Bunny. Family joke, sorry. And it's not just about a bunny. At Christmas time, it's not about a reindeer. It's all about Jesus. And But we are going to have some fun in these holidays. And we, we want to say if you have children or grandchildren, we invite you to bring them. Next Sunday, they're going to have inflatables and games and all, all kinds of stuff's going on. So they're going to have a good time. You might want to be a kid next Sunday and see if you can get in one of those rooms. I'm not sure if you'll pass as one since you're a little bit taller. But just saying, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you like a little bit of candy, there's probably going to be some. So we... We're excited about this week. Um, immediately after service, my family, uh, we're, we're hightailing it to Houston. So if you don't see us hanging around, uh, Julie Zachary, some of you remember her, she's getting married at 5 o'clock. So we've got to get there in a hurry. Get me to the church on time, right? So uh, we covet your prayers. And then uh, this, this Tuesday at 11 o'clock, some of you who remember Dora, Hudgens, some of you know who she is. She, uh, one of her sons passed away this week, 49 years old. Please be praying for their family. This, this is a tough week. And, uh, just, just remember, um, when these things happen, you just place these in the hands of God and you say, God, you're sovereign. You decide you're in control. And the Bible says, when we get to the other side, all things will be revealed. A lot of pastors say that when we get to heaven, the first thing we're going to do is go, oh, that's why. We don't always understand this side, but this life is temporal. Always remember, this life, even if you live to be 100, it's very short. And my suggestion is, why don't you live for Jesus and you'll have a great time? You, I enjoy loving and serving Jesus, don't you? Amen. So it's Palm Sunday. Uh, today, we're going to celebrate, uh, and as you can see here, I raided the palm tree, and we, we've got this going on on Palm Sunday, but something else interesting. What's up with the rocks? Yeah, it's heavy. I'm just that strong. No, it's styrofoam. But what does a rock and a palm have in common? And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about from Luke 19, verses 37 through 40. And we're, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Uh, we're going to be reading that scripture here in a few moments. But I want to get across to you is this. A lot of you know the story of Palm Sunday. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. And what is amazing is Jesus, he was the center of the parade. He was the center of the parade. So most of you know that, you know, the palm branches were, were being lifted and they were being thrown to the ground. And on this, on this route, the people were cheering and everybody was going crazy because their Messiah, their king was riding into Jerusalem. And of course they thought he was going to set up an earthly kingdom and eventually he will, but he came to set up a kingdom for us to have salvation, to die on a cross. He was the center of attention. And of course, every Sunday, 
we feel like Jesus should be the center of attention as well. This church service is a big parade. It's a party. It should be a time of celebration because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Can I get a good amen, somebody? So not only was that happening, this was happening. People were taking off their coats, and I couldn't wait for this part of the message. And they would throw them onto the ground so that Jesus, who's riding on a donkey, would walk across. They would take their palm branches, and they would do the same thing. They would put them on the road for the king in honor. Everyone say honor. In honor of the king. So Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. Palm waves are going on. Coats are, are being thrown up in the air on the ground. And he's riding on a donkey. The donkey is the luckiest donkey in the world. He is. Why? Can you imagine having the son of God fulfilling Old Testament prophecy right on your back? I think that's pretty cool. And so, you know, how my mind works, you're going to have to forgive me. I was thinking about donkeys and I did some research. Interesting facts about donkeys. Number one, they can live 30 to 40 years. But if they're not a working donkey, they can actually live up to 60 Do you know what their favorite pastime is? Anybody? I thought it was eating, but come to find out it's rolling in the dirt. Serious, look it up. Rolling in the dirt. I guess they're holy rollers. Especially that donkey. No, I mean, think about it. This makes so much sense. For me to understand Eeyore, y'all know who Eeyore is from Winnie the Pooh? No wonder he's so grumpy. He's rolling around in the dirt. And they have these long ears, these two long ears. Well, there's actually two reasons why they have these long ears. Number one, it keeps them cool. They're like donkey radiators. And it keeps their body cool. But also with their ears, did you know they can hear up to two miles away? Yeehaw. And so the London Times, get this, the London Times has reported, get this, more people are killed annually by donkeys than airplane crashes. Now, I'm not sure why they investigated that and how they investigated that. All I know is that's what they reported. Some interesting facts about donkeys. So on this Palm Sunday, this luckiest donkey in the world, Jesus is riding on top, and people are cheering. In Hebrew, they're saying, Hashianah. Say that with me. Hashianah. Let's say it again. Hashianah. See, you can speak Hebrew. And it means, deliver us now, save us now, O Lord. So deliver us now, save us. And that's They're saying, deliver us, save us from the oppression from the government. Can I get a witness in the house? No, I'm kidding. This guy. So, sorry. And so it's loud, and there's so much noise, and it's crazy, and people are shouting to the top of their voices. I mean, they were excited because the Messiah had come. Sometimes something has got to be said. 
There are times when you just got to say something. And that was one of those times. They were shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And everybody's happy and smiling. Let me give you an example. Have you ever gone to a garage sale and you found a piece of furniture that you got really, really a good deal on and you just had to tell somebody about it? Have you ever experienced that? Well, let me tell you, I'm going to show you my age. Is that okay? I'm going to show you my age. I love Antique Roadshow. I do. I love watching that show. Anybody else like that? Anybody old like me like to watch Antique Roadshow? Okay. I like to watch it because I think it's really interesting. And I was I was watching one time, and it, and it really blew me away. This lady went to a garage sale. She saw this little half table, real short little half table, and she asked the lady, how much do you want for this table? And the lady said, $35. So the lady looked in her purse, and she only had 25 She said, well, would you take $25? And the lady thought about it. She said, yeah, I'll, I'll take it for 25 Well, she gets it home, and the antique roadshow was coming near, and she knew it was an antique. She thought, well, I'll just see how much it's worth. Well, they chose her to be on the show because this lady had found a table that was worth thousands of dollars. And they said, you need to take this to auction, and you could really make a lot of money. She did. And they they showed the auction what happened. Lo and behold, that table, get this, brought over $500,000. Some of you are going garage sale shopping this week. I know. Can you imagine $25 investment? It was like 530-something thousand dollars. Some of you will also be watching Antique Roadshow as well. Well, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe it's watching March Madness, and your team hits that three, and you go, whoop, whoop, whoop. And you get on Twitter or Facebook, you, you got, you're calling your friends, hey, did you just see what happened? You know, there's times when it's real exciting, and you just got to tell somebody. Have you ever thought about that? We are made to speak something. We are made to, to be verbal and to talk. And I was thinking about maybe some of the things that, that make us cry out and say things. Maybe you hooked a client or maybe you closed the deal and you just got to tell somebody, your coworker or your boss, man, this is so good. This is a big account. Or maybe you just got engaged or maybe you're getting married like Katie Zachary's getting married tonight. You just want to tell somebody you're so excited. Isn't it funny? We love to cry out and worship at maybe at football games. We love to worship at concerts. You know, my wife and I, <laughs> uh, it was fun. Oh, it was fun, this concert we went to. It was Chicago. Anybody know the group Chicago? You're old. Earth, wind, and fire. Anybody enter? Do you remember? Yeah. And it was so much fun. And we, we just had a good time. It was so much fun going to that concert. And of course, we were just yelling and screaming and having a great time, singing along with the songs that they were singing. But you know what? When it comes to church, a lot of people want to be quiet. Now, is there a time to be quiet? Absolutely. God made quiet, but he made noise too. He made both. And these are the moments, and especially on a Palm Sunday, these people begin to cry out. It's it's a Passover holiday. You've got about 
two and a half million people coming into Jerusalem for this holiday. And it's crazy. And there's a parade going on. Let's look at Luke 19 verse 37. We'll start there. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully, everyone say joyfully. Yeah, those are key words. Joyfully praise God. They're laying down their coats. And I want to say, whenever you worship God, you'll have to lay something down. Self must move aside so that God can be glorified. Let's read on. Begin joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. And this is what they're saying. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Man, it was a celebration. It was so much was going on. Coats on the ground. Coats on the ground. Feeling like a praise with your coat on the ground. Well, that's another song anyway. And palm leaves on the ground. People were worshiping and shouting and praising. But notice what the scripture says next. But then the Pharisees. The Pharisees. Who are the Pharisees? These are the the religious gurus of the time in which now we, we see them as the bad guys, even though they were considered the good guys. They come up to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus. Tell your followers to play the quiet game, to be quiet. They didn't want the followers to praise Jesus. You know why? Because they wanted the praise. They wanted the praise for themselves. So you've got joy going on from the people, but then you have religion. Everyone say religion. You've got religion whining. They're whining. So you've got joy and laughter and excitement. Then you've got people throwing a tantrum and they're mad and tell these people to be quiet. Jesus said, if my followers are silent, the very rocks will cry out. So here's the thought of the day. I don't want a rock to do my job. In other words, I don't want a rock to take my role. R-O-L-E. I don't want that. The Bible says, and, and my wife mentioned it at the beginning of service. She said, and for thy pleasure, they were created. I want to tell you today that we were created to praise God. We were created to say something. And you're going to worship something in life. It might be basketball players. It might be antique furniture. But you will worship something. Why don't we get our minds straight and worship Jesus Christ? Can I get a good amen? Because Jesus is more appealing than religion. Did you catch that? Jesus is more appealing than religion. Think about it. It's the Passover. It's, it's a Jewish holiday that's, that's going on. And they're saying, Hosanna, save now. They were singing, oh, Hosanna, Hosanna, hey, 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 good God. Uh, they may have not sang that way, but it could have been. Just saying. 
Why were they worshiping Jesus instead of worshiping Passover? Because Jesus is more appealing than religion. I want you to catch that. In other words, give us what our religion cannot give us. Give us what religion cannot give us. Why? Because religion emphasizes the outward. But Jesus emphasizes just the opposite, the inward. Religion is about what you can't do. Jesus is about what you can do. Religion puts barriers, puts them up, but Jesus pulls down barriers. Religion says, well, you have to work your way up to God. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, religion every time will try to seize the voice of praise and worship. Don't let it happen. And don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that, eh, I just don't feel like praising God today. And, and I'm, look, nobody else is praising, so I just won't do it. No. Jesus said, if these people are quiet, the very rocks will cry out. And if you read further on, over the next week, the rocks did cry out. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, there were earthquakes, rocks were rolling, the tombs, those big stones, those tombs were open, and the saints came out of their graves alive. Can you imagine? They were walking around praising God when Jesus died on the cross. Read it in the Bible. You'll see it's true. Boy, if you weren't a believer by then, when you saw grandma, what? We just buried you two years ago. And here she is. Hallelujah. God is good. Hosanna. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Good God. You would be a believer at that point. Even the non-believers were worshiping God. The Romans said, surely, when, when he... When he's, I mean, they jabbed Jesus in the side. I mean, he, he was as in the flesh. You know, God never died, but the flesh of Jesus was dead on a cross. And this is what he said. He said, surely this must be the son of God. Non-believers were even praising. Religion wants us to be quiet. But I'm here to tell you, I hate to rain on your parade, but it's not going to happen with me. I don't know about you, but I don't want a rock to take my place. I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise him. There's two times when you need to praise the Lord. You want to know what it is? It's when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. Those are the two times you need to praise the Lord. Amen. In fact, the Bible says, let everything that has what? Everything that has breath, praise ye the Lord. Let's do that right now. Let's praise him with our hands. Praise him with your voice. Hallelujah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, I was thinking about if these rocks actually could talk. What if these rocks actually could talk? I was thinking about the children of Israel in the desert. They were thirsty. There was no water. 
I was thinking about how God told Moses to hit the rock and water just came out and could just water over 2 million people. What would the rock say? I believe the rocks would say, God will nourish you in any desert. That's what I think the rocks would say. What about Joshua? He's, he's leading the entire children of Israel into a Jordan river. It's at flood stage and he takes one step. The water's part. He takes another step. The water's part. Isn't that cool? It is such a crazy deal. And, and they, they make it to the other side on dry ground with Joshua. And if these rocks, what they do, they, they take these rocks and they pile them up and they make a memorial to God. And if they could talk, they would say, hey, if you've got faith, go for it. God will be with you. Amen. And David, he picks up five smooth stones. Isn't that funny? He picks up a rock for a sword fight. And it's amazing. This giant's nine feet, nine inches tall. He's probably over 400 pounds of muscle. And David, this little... Hebrew hillbilly, young guy, and he takes the rock in his sling, whoosh, whoosh, and, and it's embarrassing because, you know, here's the Philistines, they're like, you're bringing a kid, he's got a rock for a sword fight, but they didn't know David had been practicing, whoosh, whoosh, and then whoosh, the rock goes, bam right in the area that's unprotected of the giant. And he falls dead, and David cuts off his head. And the Philistines go running, and, of course, the children of God go running after them. It was a great victory that day. I believe the rock would say this, no matter what giant you're facing, God will secure the victory for you. Hallelujah. Even Nehemiah. He was called to build a wall around Jerusalem, the, the wall that had fallen down. And, and I, I'm sure Nehemiah is thinking, God, I, I can't do this. And God says, yes, you can. And that's exactly what he did. They, they had some of the men take watch for the enemy while they're trying to build the wall back up. And they completed it. And if those rocks could talk, I believe they would say, if you build it, he will come and help you. That's what I believe. Why? Because he's going to ensure what he says is going to happen. Praise God. How about the woman caught in the act of adultery? That was all set up for Jesus because technically the law said, religion said, both man and woman caught in the act should be stoned. And they just bring the woman to trick Jesus. The people were ready. They had their rocks ready. To throw at her and judge her. What if those rocks could talk? And Jesus said. The one who is without sin. Cast the first stone. And he's writing on the ground. Wouldn't it be interesting to know what he's writing? If those rocks could talk. They would say. God forgives and cleanses every sin. Aren't you glad about that? And then how about Easter? Jesus, after coming off this parade route, he dies on the cross for our sins. He breathes his last breath. They put him in a tomb 
and they rolled this humongous stone. This is how they buried people in that day. This huge rock in front of the tomb. And it's Easter morning. Boom. The rock begins to roll. And the king of kings and the Lord of Lord rises again. (laughs) I believe if that rock could talk, that rock would say he is alive forevermore. He's ever living. He's ever forgiving. He's ever the same. He's ever cleansing. He is Hosanna. He is saving us now. He is our blessed Savior. He is King of kings. And he is Lord of all lords. Can I get a good amen? Praise God. And the question is, do you know him? Do you know him? Have you confessed him? Because we were all made to say something. And you will worship either Jesus or you will worship the enemy, the devil. Why don't you come to your senses like the prodigal son and come home? Come home to your heavenly father and let him save you. And do the job that God has called you to do and walk in your purpose. Jesus said, a wise man builds his house upon the rock and not sand. That's why you can't build your life on people. That's why you can't build your life on a person, a preacher. You need to know for yourself that you can say, I'm saved and I know that I am. Because sand, what, what, we are all made of dirt, right? We're just different colors of dirt. And my point to you is, Jesus is saying, you can't build your house upon people. You can't, it can't be what grandma said. You, you need to base it all upon the word of God. The rock. I want to tell you who the rock is. Jesus Christ is the rock of ages. Psalm 118 and 22. And I'm going to close out with this scripture. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief corner stone. He is the cornerstone. We used to sing it. It was like one of those Jewish songs in the minors. He is the cornerstone. What, what that means is when they would build a house, they would have to start with the first stone. And it had to be correct or your whole house could be off center. It had to be cut. It had to be perfect. And that's who Jesus was. He is the perfect lamb of God. He is the cornerstone. And you need to make sure that it is him that you have built upon and not sand things that will pass away. I'm so glad I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You see, when he saved me, I had to say something. I was a young kid and I, I, I told my friends, I said, man, I got baptized. I got saved. Some of them were happy and some looked at me like I was crazy. And I didn't care either way. Why? Because I just had to tell somebody. I had to share the good news. Next Sunday is Easter. 
And I want to encourage you to invite somebody with you. It's like my wife said, 71% of the people that are asked end up coming to church on Easter. That's one Sunday they'll, they will attend. I want to encourage you to invite them. Because people will come on that Sunday and they'll give God a chance. You've got to say something, though. If God has done anything in your life at all, you've got to share the good news. And I'm praying that we will take advantage of this opportunity to cry out. Because actually, you can learn a lot from a rock. I want you to stand with me today. I don't want a rock to take my place. Would you just close your eyes right now and begin to speak praise to God right now? Just just say, God, you're just so good. The heavens declare your majesty. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Come on, just, just speak it out. You're made to speak something. Speak it out right now. Say, God, you're good. The whole, whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Lord, you own everything. You created everything. You're so awesome, God. I've just got to praise you. i just got to praise you. Just like that Palm Sunday, I've got to lay something down to lift you up. So I praise you, O oh God. I praise you. I honor you. You are worthy, O oh God. Maybe today you've never given your life to Christ. What you need to do is believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. And then speak something. Speak it out and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. When you do that, he comes. When you ask him to forgive you of your sin, he, he washes away, washes away sin. I feel his presence right now. He's here. Would you pray with me right now? Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to save me now. Forgive me of all my sins, Lord what I can remember and the things I can't remember. Let the blood that you shed on Calvary, that you shed just for me, wash away my sin. Cleanse me. Cleanse me, oh God. Wipe the slate clean in my life like I'd never even sinned. And behold, the righteousness of God covers me and I thank you. That when God, you look at me, you see righteousness, not mine, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. I thank you and I praise you, God, for this salvation. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Would you say that with me? Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Let's say it again. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And I have to say something. 
I have to praise you. There's something about my praise, God, you love. And I love to speak your name, Jesus, my Savior. Hallelujah. I've got to praise you. I also, I've got to tell somebody what God has done in my life. God, I pray this week that you use me. Would you let that be your prayer? Say, God, use me this week. Just ask him, say, God, I want to be your instrument. I want to be your vessel to shine the light of Jesus Christ into other people this week. Invite them to a resurrection Sunday to celebrate communion and to enjoy the awesome presence of God.